Hey Siri, find me a dope podcast for black insurance professionals. Connecting you to Sobel Live. What up, Sober family? Welcome to Sober Live, the dopest black insurance podcast on the planet. I am T. Priester, co-founder of Sober and president of Core Financial for about one more week. (laughs) We'll talk about that. Hey, family. This is Shay, co-founder of Sober and founder of the Bridge Financial Accountability Coaching Company. What's going on, T.P.? It is good. It is good. We got a dope guest tonight. And I know we may spend a little bit of time on industry news, but we want to definitely get to our guests sooner than later. So we got to talk about, this is not really industry news, but you guys know we have conversations around industry and culture. So this is more of a cultural piece, right? Well, wait, wait, wait. He is coming in hot. You are coming in hot. We got to talk about it. How was your weekend? How are you? Come okay. on, like, do you remember the weekend before yesterday? I, I told you today has like been one of those days. Is I've just been all over the place, and this is my first <laughs> real focal point. So <laughs> let me back up because my 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 partner is saying slow down, and my week was good. Okay. Um, getting ready to go away for my birthday. I got a couple of days in the office here. And I'm going to going away to celebrate my birthday, take some time off. Um, last night, I had family over for, for dinner. And interestingly enough, we had a conversation probably a couple of hours before the incident I'm going to talk about happened. We were talking about freedom of speech, cancel culture, and you know how it's just playing out in the media. So our story is very interesting because, again, we were a couple of hours too early or the conversation may have taken a completely different term but overall weekend was good weekend was good how about you it was very very good i actually had a four-day weekend thought i was going to maine to eat some lobster did not go Um, um so it ended up being those one of those weekends where you know you chill so hard that you end up getting a lot of work done have you ever had a weekend like that yeah so yeah i chill so hard that i ended up like doing a lot doing the most had a great weekend um i was with some family Shout out to okay. my mother. Uh, went to church to celebrate her, and um, and yeah, okay. I, it it was a good weekend. And I'm now. Let me say this: there is a show on Netflix, and I wish I I cannot remember the name right now. I can't believe it. Um, it is about some very very wealthy South South African, I would say, socialites, singers, entertainers. It's on Netflix. If somebody knows the name. Put it in the chat. But anyway, one of my Nigerian friends said, oh, you're not watching that. You got to watch it. So I watched it, went to sleep watching. It. I actually binged on it. And when I got up this morning, I was I got up with like a weird feeling. Right. And so at first I blamed it on them. I said it was that doggone show got me all, you know, hyped up or whatever. 
went on, did my morning routine, meditated and everything. And I still was like, what is this? And then I turned on the news. Yeah. 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 So I'm blaming everything on what you're about. Around the world. <laughs> yes. Yes. It has been a weird one. Yeah, I mean, I didn't hear about it. I don't I don't watch the Oscars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I watch a lot of YouTube and it probably was around 12 30. Mm-hmm. You know, I was winding down and I, I turned on YouTube and it was like a 30-second clip of Will Smith slapping Chris Rock. And I thought it was fake. You know, because when when I was young, we used to go around and you know act like you punch somebody or whatever. So right. we, I couldn't see Chris Rock initially. You see Will Smith walk up, and you know everybody's laughing and he he, and then all of a sudden, you know, you see what looks like a slap. And it wasn't until I saw Chris Rock's response that I said, "Wait a minute, this this is for real." <laughs> so people that saw it live said they cut the broadcast, they cut the audio. And everything. So, you know, they didn't get to hear what Will Smith said. But the people on YouTube, you know, they they found the original clip and posted it. So, you know, I'm sitting there watching. I said, okay, we got to talk about this. But how do we tie this into industry news? And I, I, I can't find a way. I said, okay, maybe the PNC people can help us because maybe there's some liability when you have that kind of event. You got to get some type of coverage in case somebody slips and falls or whatever. Even though this ain't that, I was stretching. You know, I'm I'm trying to find a way to make it fit, and it, it it I couldn't. So again, PNC people, if y'all got some scenario, you know, go ahead and chime in. <laughs> well, on but the I'm life like, and health side, what about the life and health side? He I mean, smacked he the him. crap out of his jaw. Like I hope, of course, he's got some great coverage. I don't know if we can fit it in there, but <sighs> we should be trying. We're trying to it make was, it relevant. Well, let me We're ask you this. Let me ask you this because we do have a really special guest tonight. But but yeah. clearly, this is on everybody's mind. Yeah. What do you do if you're in Will Smith's shoes? Personally, I don't do that, right? I I would, at another time, maybe behind stage or whatever, approach Chris Rock, and we're gonna have a conversation. Like when you, when you, I understand, you know, as a man, it is our responsibility to protect our women, right? That's that's a given, but. Sometimes when you have a, an emotional response like that, you can cause more harm. You know, what if he ends up, you know, facing some charges and it affects their money or whatever? I don't know the whole One thing I do know is that I think there is some history there. Because yeah. I don't know if you remember, I think it was 2016, 2018, somewhere around there when Jada was pushing to ban the Oscars. Chris right. Rock made some jokes right. about her back then. So, right. and you know, Will and Jada have had all this stuff going on in the news. So to me, I don't think it was really about that joke. I mean, first of all, if I'm a, if I'm coming at you, you know, I'm not smacking you like we about to do. Like if I was really wanting to go after you, they're going to have to pull me off. The whole smack thing to me is like, okay, there's definitely something else to that. Like if you really that heated, Right. You don't walk up to somebody and smack them like you French and we about to, you know, have a square off. But did you so see I, the walk off, the smack? Did you see the walk off? Did you see that? Yeah. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's some other things going on. Yeah. I would and say it, I'm I, pretty disturbed. Yeah. I, I definitely don't want to see that play out yeah. on stage. You know, people always say, well, you know, 
black people are never at the Oscars and we finally, you know, get there and this is all they're talking about. So I don't know. It, it's definitely a strange situation. I'm not going to talk about it too, too much, but I mean, my timeline is blown up with it. It's all over the news. You know, I just wanted to give our perspective and kind of well, just move on. He dimmed the light on Quest Love. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and when I thought about it earlier today, I just caught an image of the two of them tuxedo out looking yeah. fabulous and this just horrendous experience. And it's just like, ugh, that's going to haunt him forever. Um, yeah. He ended up crying and being very emotional during his acceptance speech. So I'm like, I don't know if he's trying to align himself really with the King Richard persona or if it's just some mental things, you know, going on. I don't know where Jada is and her process with what she's going through. So it's just a lot. And and again, it, it was really unfortunate. I am glad to hear you say, and I thought, you know, most of the men that I talked to today that I think are mm, pretty much upstanding said, yeah, nah, that, that's not the move. He lost control. Yeah. I see what so. Chris Rock, everybody know Chris Rock ain't going to do nothing. But I will say this for Chris Rock, and then we're going to move on. I think we should move on. But Chris Rock held his composure beautifully. He even added a quip immediately after yeah. that. So I was like, this dude was already like one of the greatest to ever do it. Now, this is this is something different. So, yeah. so Davis anyway, my favorites. By, anyway, by look at that. So, okay. We so spent do we have all some of that real time. industry news? Well, again, because of that smack heard and felt around the world and my phone and everything messing up, I cannot see it right now. Actually, there were okay. some pretty good um, articles in reference to industry news, and I knew we would do cover this, so I was just going to flow through them. Sober family, I'll add a few of those to the wall, um, just in case you all didn't get a chance to look at some of the industry news. Mondays are a great day for news anyway, um, yeah. and so I'll post some of those things. However, tonight is really, really special. Our guest for tonight, don't bring her in just yet, but it's really special. I had the pleasure of meeting our guest at um, a celebration she held, a fabulous celebration she held to kick off her second run for Georgia Insurance Commissioner. So she ran in 2018 and um, running again just to, you know, to finish the job. And shout out to Tamika Kimbrough, I think Hilson, if I'm saying that correctly. Um, I've always known her as Kimbrough until she was recently married, but she connected us um, with our guest, who is Miss Janice Laws Robinson, Mrs. Janice Laws Robinson. Hello, hello. You're still uh -oh, muted, you're Janice. Mute. You're on mute. Hello, hello, hello. Can you hear me now? Yes. Yeah. Thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you so much. Thank you, Shay. Thank you, TP, for sure. having me on tonight. It's a pleasure, and I'm so excited well, to before, be here and have before this conversation. My before favorite. we jump in, I'm sorry, I have to say this before we jump into your official part. Weigh in on Will Smith and Chris Rock. What did you think about that? Or no comment. <laughs> I was going to say, she can't comment. She can't I comment. Oh, plead the fifth. Mark. All over that. Well, listen, Mark. you know, we wanted to have you on because, like I said before in our previous conversation, all too often, and you know this, all too often um, when it comes to elections and electing the right individuals, 
we oftentimes will pass on the right individual simply because we don't know them well enough. And I have to say, I was guilty of that. And sometimes we'll go for the person that presents as a political figure, if you will. And I think so many barriers have been broken and are continuing to be broken. We wanted to make sure that the Sober family together got a chance to really, really get to know you and get a chance to support you. And so we just want to kick it off. This is going to be, you know, a session where we get to know you. But our first question, just to kind of ease into things, tell us who Janice Laws Robinson is. Just give us some background. Sure. I would love to. I am a person, you know, just just like you. I I was born in Jamaica. So that may be the only difference is I was, I was born uh, in the Caribbean, in Jamaica, um, a very, very small town. So my, my community was about 2,500 people, very small. My, my mom was only 16 when she had me. And so I was born to a single mom. My mom had three of us by the time she was 20. And it was rough. It was a struggle. So I grew up struggling. My grandparents raised me. In fact, mm. I always say I was raised by a village because my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, my entire community really rallied around to help my mom. So I grew up in humble circumstances. Mm -hmm. The thing about growing up in an island is when you're poor, like you don't really know you're poor because yeah. I didn't know I was poor <laughs> because I had so much love and we had food everywhere. We had lots of food, trees and you name it, all the delicious island food. So I was never hungry. So didn't know I was poor and I had a lot of love. Mm. Um, my grandmother was a missionary in the church. So I was always with her at church. So I grew up in, you know, grew up in the church, grew up serving the community, serving our senior citizens. And I learned, I learned a lot about service from my grandmother. She was an entrepreneur. So I learned early on about just having your own business. I was working with her in her business since I was eight years old. Wow. Um, so I learned a lot. I love my grandmother. She passed away a few years ago. Rest in peace. She was the matriarch of our family. She has over a hundred grandkids and over sixty wow. great grandkids. So we have wow. a, a huge family. No. Um, I migrated to the U.S. as a teenager, and um, so I've lived in the United States for most of my life. I am a citizen. I lived in New York for seven years and I've been in Georgia now for over two decades. So I've lived mm -hmm. in this state most of my life. Okay. I, I am married uh, to an amazing man, Mr. Curtis Robinson. And I have two daughters, Chanel and Naomi. My oldest daughter serves in the United States Navy. Mm -hmm. And um, Naomi is just about to start her career with American Airlines. So she's excited about that. And as you know, I'm, I'm one of y'all. I am a licensed insurance professional. I've been in the insurance industry for over two decades. I'm fully licensed, um, PNC Life and Health. I primarily um, have worked in the PNC arena. So that's my background, even though I have 
also done life and health, but primarily PNC. Okay. And I've also been secured as licensed. I, I'm no longer secured as licensed just because of all the regulations yeah. there and everything that you know we have to deal with when we're PNC licensed. Uh, I mean, when we're secured as licensed. So mm. now I am PNC life and health still. I've ran several agencies and now I still do own a small independent specialty lines agency. So I am a published author. I am a leadership coach. I work with leaders all over the country. Um, in, in my off, off season, I would say, <laughs> on various different projects. So that's a little bit about me. And I'm happy to answer any other questions that you may have. I'm also the, the 2018 Democratic nominee for insurance mm -hmm. commissioner. So as y'all know, I ran in 2018, won 62% of the votes in my primary to become mm. the Democratic nominee. I garnered over 1.8 million votes in the general election, came within three percentage points of winning that race. And so I'm running again so that we can finish what we started. Absolutely. So let me ask you, you say you've been in the industry over 20 years and we have this conversation a lot because insurance typically isn't a career path that's really pushed in our community. How did you get introduced to insurance? Great question. So when I moved to Georgia, I had my daughters were one and three years old and I had no family here. I had no family. And so I was looking at career options that would give me flexibility and to be able to also earn a good living so I could take care of my children. And someone introduced me to insurance. I looked at real estate. I looked at insurance. I looked at the mortgage industry. And insurance really captured me. Mm -hmm. And I liked the fact I felt like I was really being of service. Yeah. to the community when we talked about insurance. Yeah. And um, I saw it as an opportunity to serve. And that's how I've always approached it. <clears throat> it's interesting that you say that. Um, when we talked before, I think I told you that um, my trajectory in college, I was a poli sci or political science major and thought I wanted to go into politics or whatnot. And I like you and so many of us, we catch that bug because, you know, we are serving. I remember taking the LSAT and I was sitting there with my United Healthcare shirt on and I was like, I'm already serving, you know, so continued into insurance that way. And, you know, most of us kind of fall into it. So that's your story on how you got into insurance. But what inspired you to run for commissioner? Great question. Um, I think it's it's my same desire to serve mm -hmm. that uh, inspired me, but primarily because when when I moved to Georgia, as I had no family here, it was just again me and my daughters, and so my insurance clients became my family. Mm. Really did like we we did everything together. We I went in their homes, sat at the kitchen table. Later, I, I owned my own agency. They would come to my office. We did the barbecues, the picnics. They invited me to everything. They called me for, for everything that was happening, like really became family. 
And so as um, the years went on, especially over the last decade, um, insurance rates in Georgia, especially auto insurance, just started skyrocketing. But when I first moved here, insurance, auto insurance rates were cheap. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember that vividly, like how cheap it was in terms of like moving from New York to Georgia. Yeah. It was a huge difference. Like went from paying over 300 to paying less than $50. It was a big, big difference. So mm -hmm. when the rates started skyrocketing, I got the calls. Mm -hmm. My clients started calling me, Janice, why is my car insurance rate so high? Why does it keep climbing every six months? I have a good driving record. I've not had any claims. I've not had any tickets. And so that really got my attention because I would say 60, 60 to 65% of the calls I got was about rate increases. And so I was like, someone's got to do something about this. And you know, when you say someone's got to do something about it, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's usually um, you. And so I did some research. And one of the things that really uh, just made me furious was I discovered that there was a law that passed um, in 2008, Senate Bill 276 passed. Mm -hmm. And it allowed insurance companies to pretty much charge whatever they want. Hmm. It, it, it literally said in the bill, no rates will be deemed excessive as long as there's sufficient competition in the market. I couldn't believe it. I really could not believe it. I was like, how do we allow this to happen? Yeah. We, need, we need a voice at the state level to fight for us. And so I decided I'm gonna run for insurance commissioner because we need, someone that represents our interests that's looking mm -hmm. out for us and mm -hmm. i i took the leap I, I i took the leap and here i am still fighting no well good for you you know we we definitely need that because like you say a lot of times when we're looking around for someone to do it and we don't see anyone it's because it's us so you know i'm, I'm glad you took that leap you talked a little bit about you know servanthood and you know what's going on within the auto industry in particular. Like that sounds like you're, you're passionate about that. Is that really your motive behind why you do what you do? Yes. Um, can you say that again, TP? Yeah. So you, you were talking about servanthood and how, for you, you really notice how the auto insurance rates were impacting, you know, your clients. Is that really what you're passionate about and kind of motivates you to do some of what you do? Yes, absolutely. That that is that was the motivating factor, the auto insurance rates. And that's still my primary um issue. That's my number one issue as it relates to insurance. However, as I'm on the campaign trail, I'm having listening tours, I'm listening for other concerns that the community has. And one of the other concerns um, and the other area that I also work in is with small businesses and, and contractors. So I'm also very passionate about making sure that small businesses have access to affordable insurance because it's a real barrier for small businesses when we don't have affordable insurance. 
Uh, and what I mean by that, for example, we know that over 90% of businesses in Georgia uh, are small businesses. Right. And I have had, uh, it's on the campaign trail, this small business owners come to me and say, Janice, you have to do something about this. I'm paying 65% of my bottom line on insurance. Wow. I cannot survive. You talk about um, owner operators like truckers. They pay. They're, they're just struggling. I have um, business owners that own trucking companies or, or just some people that own one truck. They have to pay $30,000 a year mm. for insurance just on one truck. They're like, we can't wow. do this. We need help. Uh, we When we talk about um, contractors, um, I have um, friends and associates and just people that I've talked to on the campaign trail that have said they have not been able to, to um, get a government contract because they could not afford the seven or $8,000 that it took, it is required even before they get the actual contract just right. to bid mm -hmm. on on the the contract it's it, so people are struggling in, in numerous ways and so i am committed to making sure that we have access mm -hmm. to affordable quality i'm not talking about necessarily cheap insurance because that's another story like some folks just want cheap insurance mm -hmm. but i'm not talking about that i'm talking about right. quality affordable where you have the coverage that you need at an affordable cost mm -hmm. because insurance is the law yeah you gotta have, gotta have it. it and yeah. so people are faced with just cutting coverage just to be able to have legal insurance and it's it's unfortunate so yeah. yeah i don't i don't know much about the the pnc side of it and i know you said you ran in 2018 initially yes. correct so with the commissioner we have now have you seen any positive changes to things that you are seeing affect your clients or, or our community now first of all the commissioner that won my race he went to jail. Yeah, we covered that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we, so the insurance, the person that we currently have as insurance commissioner was appointed by the governor. He doesn't have any insurance background. Um, and I haven't seen any, any news coming out of the office about really fighting and advocating for better rates, lower rates, more affordable rates. For Georgians. So there's not been any movement on this particular issue. So mm -hmm. I'm the one that will continue to fight for us. Right. Because also, what we got to think about, uh, TP and Shay, is high car insurance rates impact mostly Black and brown communities. Studies show that. And yeah. I've experienced that. Yeah. And so when we don't have representation at the state level to call attention to these issues because it's not impacting those communities that are more affluent or that they live in it's a mm -hmm. problem yeah so yeah. we need to make sure that we have someone that can represent all georgians yeah yeah right. and that, that's really that's really important 
again, I don't do it, but like you say, when we have clients, a lot of times we get very close to them. Like they confide a lot of things in us. And, you know, my clients know what I do and don't sell. And, you know, I, I had a client last year who had an issue with their auto insurance. They couldn't afford to pay it. And it ended up lapsing. And when they got the money to pay it, they it, it was a few months where, you know, they, they were very honest with me, say, hey, I couldn't pay it. My insurance lapsed. I got reported to the state. And when I went back to get coverage, this happened to them twice. The first mm-hmm. time it was it was a shorter period. The second time it was a longer period. You know, they were struggling financially. The rates were at a place where they couldn't afford them. But the second time they went back, since it was twice that this had happened, they made them get a special type of insurance where they had to pay it all up front. Mm-hmm. So they had to pay six months of, I can't remember what the coverage was called. Yeah, SR-22. SR-22, that's it. So this person was struggling to meet the monthly payment. And now they're being told, you don't even have that option anymore. We need all six months up front. And they didn't know what to do. It's like, I can't afford to do this. So they had to park the car and, you know, try to find other ways. Because if you get, you know, caught without insurance, you know, that that's a serious issue. So it is. it, it's definitely something that needs to be addressed on how these things are handled. Yeah, I agree. And I've seen that over and over where just struggling families, because it's, again, it's, it's the people that are struggling that are dealing with this. If you yeah. can afford to pay your monthly payment, you just pay it. Right. Yeah. And when your policy gets canceled or your policy lapses, um, you have to deal with the state. It gets reported to the state. You get your driver's license suspended. Yeah. You could go yep. to jail. And sometimes people don't even know their license was suspended. And then you get, so it's a ripple fact that now you're, you're dealing with the justice system and you're yeah. dealing with all kinds of issues and you were already struggling. Yeah. It's so stressful and I'm here to bring attention to this because, you know, I'm passionate about health insurance I want to, and I'm as insurance commissioner, I want to make sure that we close the coverage gap and everyone has affordable quality health insurance. But I'm the only one that is fighting on the PNC auto insurance side because I have seen it and I know how critical it is because, again, this is the law. Right. Yeah. So it's you it's it's not optional so working families need to drive to work and so you need to have um affordable insurance so it takes away their ability to to earn if they can't get back and forth to work so just throw it's a it's a spiraling spiral at that point yeah so it's critical and i want everyone to know that it's critical the insurance commissioner race is a down ballot race and so it's usually not the sexiest race it's not talked about so i'm here last time i educated a lot of people um on the insurance commissioner's race and more people became aware and now i'm doing the same thing just uh, raising the awareness so that everyone knows there is an insurance commissioner and this person is accountable to regulate private private insurance companies and to advocate for georgia insurance consumers and that's what I will do for you. We have a question. Let me ask you a question. Uh, oh, go ahead. Uh, I was, yeah, we had a question from the chat. They're asking, are there any lobbyists fighting for rates in Georgia? 
Not that I'm aware of. I I haven't seen a lot of any anything about auto insurance rates. I know that I'm I'm the one fighting, and mm -hmm. I'm willing to continue the fight. Mm -hmm. And with your help and your support, we'll all pull together to bring awareness to this issue. Right. Because it has to be addressed. Absolutely. TP, do you see any more comments there? Any more questions, I would say? Uh, no, someone's saying thank you for taking the initiative. Remember, guys, uh, put your name to the comment because we don't we can't see who you are. Uh, but that was the only question so far. Everybody else is just kind of commenting. Right. You you alluded to the fact that, you know, this issue with rate increases and just being crazy, um, affecting black and brown people more often. Right. And this is your, one of your primary planks that you're running on. What do you say to black voters who see a black person in office and immediately decide that that political figure should have a a, a separate um, agenda, if you will, for our community? What do you say to those voters? Yeah, I think that everyone wants to have representation. And I think it's natural if you see someone that looks like you, that you would think they have your best interest and mm -hmm. that you would expect that um, they would have your best interest. So the great thing about insurance commissioner and this, this my race in particular, is that the issues that I'm fighting for, especially for affordable rates, will impact all Georgians but because we know that higher rates disproportionately impacts black communities, it's a win-win for everyone right. in this particular, in my particular scenario. Because, and, and I'm not just saying this, there's reports um, that state that insurance rates, there's um, insurance rates, high rates disproportionately impacts black communities and i've experienced it myself so my fight directly impacts our community for sure got it now i know we have one one particular uh sober member in mind that um had a question for you in that realm and i think just by you answering that question there i think you captured it um, TP, I don't know if it's something that you wanted to read. Clearly, I, I can't see it uh, with my setup right here. Um, and, and I see we may have more comments in the chat. But but again, I think I think the way you just covered it and when you really look at the statistics on black and brown people being affected so heavily, um, I, I can appreciate your statement. Yeah. So. Um, Nicole, you're, I see Nicole's on. She just jumped in the chat. She just dropped her name in there. Um, Nicole, I know you did have some questions on the wall that I'm sorry, I can't get to them right now. So if your question wasn't answered and you want to type it again here in the chat, feel free to do so. And, um, so Janice, you, you are, you, you, you actually, you know, talk to some issues that affect our community. Right. So you're running for Georgia state commissioner. Right. So I know you're not just running for, you know, people of color. Georgia can be a pretty tough state 
when it comes to politics and even more specifically, you know, women of color in politics, right? We saw a lot of what happened with Stacey Abrams, you know, when she was running. How do you deal with that? You know, you're, you're a black woman, you're running for a seat in Georgia that's never been held by not just a black woman, a woman, period, in an industry that's dominated by typically middle-aged white males. So you, you're going to be having a lot of conversations, a lot of eyes on you. You know, how are you dealing with all of that? It's tough. It is yeah. tough. I would not sit here and tell you it's not tough, but I'm committed to the big picture and the, the kind of difference I can make for our community, for generations to come. And so that drives me knowing that I've been chosen to be the one to take this on and that my daughters get to see me take on such a tough fight. Mm -hmm. I, I am honored. And so every day as tough as, as it is, and believe me, this time it's even tougher because now they know mm. that there's a real chance. Yeah. So every day I deal with different challenges and I just take it on moment by moment, day by day. But I'm a fighter. I am clearly. <laughs> and so I will not give up. I, you know, the tougher, bring it on because. Yeah, love it. Because um, if there's something worth fighting for, you fight. Yeah. That's, That's right. how I was raised. And so for me, it's the bigger picture. It's the bigger picture of changing the face of Georgia politics. If you look at the, the state level leadership, it, it's all white male. Mm -hmm. The insurance commissioner's office has been in existence for over a hundred years. It's been the same. So when, you know, I'm committed to changing that. And when you talk about changing the face of politics, that includes race and gender. And so we've yeah. got to look at it and I'm committed. Yeah. So it is tough. We can really appreciate that um, because when you talk about it being tough, just the way you expressed yourself, you know, it's clear. You know, I, I see that when you, the way you expressed it. And so when you talk about having a level of commitment that sees you through those tough times that's the kind of commitment i'll just say for myself personally that's the kind of commitment that stands out because you never really know what's coming but if you have that that commitment and you're serious it overrules so i can just mm -hmm. really appreciate you know where you're coming from tell us about some of the i want to say one more thing about that sure. um as i'm here with you it i'm asking every everyone listening to this chat to really understand I need your help and I'm sure you'll give me a chance at the end but I want I thought this was a great time to just interject that it is tough it, it it's not you know you might see me on the podcast and traveling around the state and speaking but that's just the front of it there's a whole other level it's an uphill battle of mm -hmm. raising money you know, a lot of folks will come and say, oh, Janice, I haven't seen you on, on television. When are, you, when are we going to see your television commercial? But they don't realize television commercials cost hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm -hmm. 
you know, radio ads cost a lot of money. Yard signs. I just got yard signs, thousands of dollars. Right. So when I'm asking for support, asking for donations, it's it's to move the campaign forward. So I'm asking everyone to go to the website, JaniceForGeorgia.com, sign up to donate, volunteer, and we need all hands on deck because this is our shot. We, we have a real chance to win this because we've people have demonstrated on election day in 2018 i cried because i was getting messages tp all day long from people that don't look like me people that said that said to me janice we voted for you we, you are the first democrat i ever voted for you're the only democrat i voted for so they crossed over just to vote for me mm-hmm. yeah. so that's why the, my race and the governor's race were the last two races to be called because everybody was voting for me yeah so we. so you you race. talked about you, you talked about fundraising and you know the amount of money it costs to run a campaign speak to us a little bit about how that's different for you versus some of these more seasoned politicians when it comes to how they get their money because we we saw in some of the other elections when they were talking about how much each campaign has the amount of money that some of these campaigns had was was tremendous it was incredible how much money they had so you being new do you find it's a little harder for you to to raise funds versus these people that are you know decade old politicians oh absolutely so there, there are two two reasons for that. One, just down ballot races such as my race, it's typically harder to raise funds versus say like a US, US Senate race or a gubernatorial race because those are, are just higher on the ticket and everyone right. knows about the governor's race. Everyone knows about US Senate. So just in general, down ballot races are more challenging to raise funds. Um, but when you talk about also a black woman, then you have another set of challenges is people just don't think you're going to win. So they yeah. they don't um, support you. Um, and yeah, also, if you're really for the people, like you're just really here to, to not take bribes or not, you know, make side deals or anything like that, it's just going to be more challenging. Not right. to say that everyone that raises a lot of money is making deals. That's not what I'm saying. All I'm saying is I'm here for the people. And so this is a people-powered campaign. So I'm not taking, I'm refusing money from big insurance companies because they're not going to buy my campaign. Because the moment they come in and give you big checks, then you owe them. I don't want right. to owe any big insurance company. I don't want to owe any big business. I want my money from you, the people, and you own this campaign. Right. And so the way you just put that, and I'm glad you did uh, for everyone who's not close to politics, which is the majority of us. Right. It almost not almost. It absolutely makes sense that if you are concerned with rates, if you are concerned with having affordable health care, if you are concerned with these things that affect all literally all of us then it makes sense to help support 
a campaign like yours. And so that's what I was getting into. I want you to talk about, you gave us JaniceForGeorgia.com, but then, I mean, this lady has on her track shoes, y'all. What Talk about some of the events that you have upcoming um, that are fundraising events and events for the people to get out and see you. Absolutely. So we do have a few fundraising events coming up. One is already confirmed for April 12th. At, from six to eight, and that is the Women for Janice event. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to be a woman. You can still come out and support. This is just a group of women that are coming together to raise funds for the campaign. And it will be at the Studio House Atlanta, and we will promote that on the website and social media. But it is April 12, six to eight, Women for Janice. We also have... Um, my my buddy um, Royce, which you guys know, Royce Rich um, yeah. Richardson. Richardson, yeah. Him and other agents, uh, Shay. I think you're going to be part of this event. Yes. Um, on I'm going to say that's April 26. That is planned to be at the gathering spot, and that'll be insurance agents and brokers uh, raising funds for the campaign. So you can plug into that event. Um, and if you can't make it to an event, you can go to the website. That's the easiest way to just click the donate button and send us some, some love. That's right. I like the way you said <laughs> that. Some love. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of love, y'all. Lots yeah. of love. Yeah. yeah. All right. So listen, we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to switch gears just a little bit. And, um, you are actually are helping us to introduce a new segment to our podcast called Real Talk. And we want you to answer the questions as quickly as you can. Uh, just a few. What's your favorite food? Aki and saltfish. Uh, okay. That's a Jamaican dish. <laughs> See, like, that's easy. She's right off the bat. What's your favorite thing to do to wind down? And I know you probably haven't wind down in a while, but. I love facials and massages, and I also do yoga, and I meditate. So it could be any one of those things. But a quick meditation, I have a meditation practice I've, I've been doing for over 10 years. Um, and I, that's the easiest way for me to just, on my own. But nice. a facial massage also. Love it. And we can tell you love facials. Um, <laughs> what's what's something interesting that most people don't know about you that you don't mind sharing? Um, but I don't know. I would think that I'm an undercover yogi. Like, I am a real um, yogi. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was just about to say that. Like, yeah, you just I've gave been, us some... Um, meditating for years yoga real real deep so a lot of people don't know that about me nice nice all right two more how do you describe if you do how do you describe your blackness my what your blackness oh my blackness is, is beautiful hey. <laughs> my blackness is fabulous <laughs> i love love my blackness so Awesome, awesome. And I you wear well. Fabulous. That's my favorite word. So my blackness is fabulous. Okay, we got to cut that. We got to make a clip of that. Um, yeah. yeah. And the last one is, why was it important for you to join us on Sober Live today? Oh, uh, because, so uh, again, this is society 
of black agents, right? And so it's important to, I am a black agent. So I am part of this conversation. And so it's important for everyone here to know, to get to know me and to know that I am one of you. And also that you will have a friend in the insurance commissioner's office. So that was important for me to let you know me and to hear from you. Love it. Love I it. love it. Thank you so, so, so much. So I would love uh, to give my website us. again. Yes. Yeah, go ahead, so definitely. My website, Janice, and, and it's J-A-N-I-C-E, just like Janice, but I'm mm-hmm. from Jamaica, so we say Janice. So Janice4Georgia.com. Mm-hmm. Follow me on all social media at Janice4Georgia. On Twitter, it's G-A, Janice4G-A, but Facebook and Instagram is Georgia Spelter. Okay. So, so with family, we already put some of oh, her I'm stuff sorry, on the wall. Thing, the yeah, primary election is May 24th. May 24th May is the primary and early voting starts May 2nd. May 24th, yeah. May 2nd. Okay. Yeah. So we've put some of your stuff on the wall already and we'll definitely update it with the other information you just gave us. Thank you. So, we appreciate you. you. Um, that was the missing... That was the missing piece, Janice. I think when you put that piece in there about um, you being a yogi, I, I know that 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 took them over the top. They're like, "What?" And <laughs> she's a yogi. Okay. So, <laughs> so I, I added myself. No longer undercover. <laughs> nah, stuff, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, thanks again, Janice. We'll talk soon. Thank y'all for having me, and I'm happy to come back anytime. Awesome. Oh, We'd you. love to have you. All right, Thank thanks, you. Bye. Dope interview. Janice saved the day from um, she saved the day from Will Smith. But go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So we, I'm gonna try something here. They just added to the podcast. I have not heard these before, so I'm gonna pick something and see how this works. Okay. Can you hear that? I can. That's a vibe. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna rock with that for a minute so in our closing now we want to try to add some music to it to get us to that closing mode so dope interview i'm really glad we were able to have her on uh as we get closer to the election we're going to have some more conversations you know we didn't really want to get too deep in the weeds uh, we just want to kind of let y'all see who she is because a lot of times we don't get the behind the scenes look at who our candidates are you know we see the ads and they spend a lot of money on that. So typically that's not who the person really is, but being able to pull a curtain back and have a conversation with our candidates, I think is very important. Absolutely, absolutely. Any updates or any reminders yep. we could give? Yeah, so hey, so family, we grew. We grew a lot over the last couple of weeks. Um, I think in the last week and a half we got over 30 new members so i apologize i usually shout out the members but at 30 we'll be here for a minute so thank you all for for joining the group thank you to those who have invited you to the group finding value your music turn it too loud can you adjust it i'm gonna stop it because i'm sorry it was drowning i don't know how to do all that i'm sorry let's try oh it is a way to do it okay so hey thank you for again to all our new members uh shay and i are doing something new this week um it's going to be on the wall but we're going to do a zoom call for 
our new and older sober members to come and have a conversation with us and really get to know each other. We got over 250 people in the group. And, you know, we engage with you all sometimes. We got some dope people in the group. We want to give you all the opportunity to hear from us and get to know each other a little better. Uh, you guys post, you know, who you are, where you're from, and what you sell on the wall when you come into the group. But let's have some conversations and really build community. You know, that's one of the things we do want to do is not just create a safe community for us just to be there. We want to introduce and interact with each other. So Wednesday at 4 p.m., uh, we're going to have that and we'll post it on the wall. Uh, last thing I want to say is remember that being a part of the Facebook group is not being is not having a sober membership. Right. There's an actual membership with a ton of benefits from black vendors, um, black products, black services in there. So if you have not checked it out yet, go to SoberMember.com or our website, WeAreSober.org to get more information on that. That's it, Shay. Awesome. Awesome. Well, in closing, I, um, I wanted to share something with you all. I have been I think this is the third time. Um, that I'm reading the four agreements uh, by Don Miguel Ruiz. And, um, you know, life is never a straight line, right? So you can't always be in alignment, but it's really, really great to have markers, people, things um, that help you maintain alignment, right? And so I just wanted to give you all a tidbit from this book. The reason I'm reading it again is because it is one of those things that for me, I've identified helps me to get into alignment when things can get a little bit rocky. And so this book, The Four Agreements, it lays out four different rules that if abided by um, can really, really change your life. The first agreement is be impeccable with your words, right? Words are energy, words are transference. So we have to be really careful about the things that we say, you know, and what we put out there. So be impeccable with your words. Don't take anything personally. Um, don't assume. And then lastly, do your best. This is not going to be the last time that I speak about this book. And just even knowing those four affirmations, those four rules, if you can adopt that on a daily basis without ever have, you know, pick the book up, um, it's, it's a game changer. We don't have a walk in the park as far as what we do, but what we do is so, so, so very impactful. So anything that we can do to keep us in alignment and keep us on the path of greatness is something that you need to tap into. So if you've never read the book, never seen the book, I invite you to pick it up. Um, he has several, but it's a winner. It's a real winner. So hopefully someone benefits from that. And again, we just appreciate you all joining us letting us drop a few gems, allowing us to introduce Janice to you as a family. And um, even though I've spoken with her, met her and feel, you know, really connected to her in some ways, tonight was very, very impactful, even for me. So I hope you all, you know, enjoyed it and take some things away and are planning to support um, the candidate of your choice. All right. With that, we will say good night, Sova. We'll see you guys next week.